0: message. You know, there are times when obviously God is always speaking to us. I really believe that. But there are those times in our lives where God really does speak to us. And this is one of those messages that if you take heed to what the spirit of God is saying this morning, your life will be radically changed. You will never, ever be the same again. And so as I go into this message this morning, and the title of my message will be Inspired Versus Change. Inspired Versus Change. If you have your Bible, take them and turn with me to James chapter number one. and We'll begin reading in verses 21 through 25. The book of James, chapter number one, verses 21 through 25. When you get there, you can say, bless God. God. Amen. I like that. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow. Everybody say overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, And immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Somebody say liberty. And continues in it. And is not a forgetful hearer. But a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Let's pray. Father, take these lips of clay. Lord God, I'm your servant this morning. Father God, I've come to serve the food. Father, you have prepared the food. I pray this morning, Father, that as I speak, none of me and all of you speak to us, Lord. Let this word penetrate the places of our hearts that really need to be impacted and changed by the power of God. For all God's people said, amen, amen. How many know that one of the realities of life is that we don't like change? How many of you would say you really, really love change? A couple of years ago, our president ran on the platform of what? Change. And it's amazing now the change thing doesn't seem to be as popular anymore. Because in reality, though we say we want change, we don't really like change. And my other profession in law enforcement, I always laugh because you hear people complain about all the time how things are. And, and you know, I remember this one particular time they, needed, they changed our shifts. And they said, we, you know, we were having all kind of shifts and different days, evening, mids. And so they changed it. And I remember everybody screaming and talking about how they hated the shift. We, there was one time we used to work evenings one night a week, days the next week, midnights. And it was just rough. You know what I'm talking about. And... And all of a sudden, they said, well, we're going to change this shit. Now, people are complaining. Said, we're going to change it. And people complained even more. Oh, why do we got to change? Just leave stuff. Who wants? I don't really want to. We don't need to go through all of that. But here today, that change has made their life so much better, and nobody is complaining anymore. Because sometimes there's, there's a disconnect from, from where we are where we're trying to get and where we're trying to get to and how we're going to get there. And oftentimes it's going to require something to change. You know what I'm talking about. How many know that if you want to get out of debt, there's something you got to change. Amen. If you want your marriage to improve, come on somebody say amen. amen. How many know that you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Amen. Something got to change. But we live in a generation that don't like change. The church don't like change. But Jesus Christ was all (laughs) about change. Jesus says, uh, unless a man be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. How many know that's radical? You can't get much radical than that. He says, you got to be willing to to give up everything to do this. In other words, you got to be willing to change. But we live in a generation today that loves to be entertained. I mean, you know, we got our big you know, we got all kind of stuff to enter- entertain us. We got our playstations, and you know, we got our uh, you know, come on, your, your Facebook and your 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 PDAs, and you know, you can get your news on the run now. And you can sit at the airport and you can just look at TV. Or I mean, I mean, I mean, technology is just moving so fast, and you know, we we got all these things. We got all these different things that. I believe in many, many ways can be a hindrance to what God really wants to do in our life. Because entertainment is, is fine. But I mean, know that there's a uh, we don't need to. God is not about just entertaining us. Uh, he's more about changing you. Do, do you hear me? Now, before you decide to jump off the boat, because I see some of you right now, you say, okay, it's time to get up off this boat. <laughs> Don't leave me just yet. Stay with me. Look at the neighbor and say, please stay with the pastor. He, he's going somewhere. Just say that. That's tell him. All right. <laughs> because, you know, we, we just like, we like to be, we, you know, we, we love to be inspired. And I like to be inspired. Nobody get more inspired than me on a Sunday when the Cowboys get ready to play football. Love being inspired. Right. I mean, come on. We love it. Nothing wrong with being inspired. But when it comes to the things of God, do you want to be more inspired or changed? Because oftentimes God will come and tag you in places that you don't want to be tagged. When you decide to really get serious about God. When you say, Lord, I'm going to follow you, understand something. He is coming to touch some areas that you would like to say, Lord, please, not right now. I, Lord, you know, I'm growing. I'm trying to get there. I mean, no one, you know, everybody know what obedience means. If the Bible says do it, then what do you do? You do it. Ain't no process in that. You know, people, oh, it's a process. You know, I'm trying to get there. Well, you know, the word said. yeah. It's like my kids. Well, you know, I, actually you know, close the refrigerator. Well, dad, it's a process. I ain't ready to, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. No, close the, refi- I mean, no, it's pretty simple. You just do. But some, some reason we got a problem doing what the word of God says, because in reality, though we say, see, there's too many of us that want to be Christian, but we don't want to be a disciple. See, that's a big difference. See, Christians are meet they, they, people. They, they give, they, they come to church, and, and they walk through the doors. And Christians, they, they want, just give me a word that will help me through the week. Bless me, please. Help me, because I've been having a real difficult time. And so I need you to encourage me so that I can make it through the week. Because after all, you know, it's all about, oh, my goodness. Y'all stand with me just one. That's good. Cause this is a hard word, but I'm gonna try to give it to you easy. But it's oftentimes it's it's about us. But see, a disciple says, if you're really serious about the things of God, you love it every now and then when the pastor says something to step on your toes. Why do you want to go and why do you want to call somebody your pastor? I, I, and and don't and your, don't don't touch these areas, Pastor. Don't be meddling in my life. How many know that when you get God meddles all in when you want to become a disciple, He get all in your business. Amen. Amen. But it's it, it's amazing to me that you know. You know, we should listen, as as disciples of Jesus Christ, we want to come because we want to be changed. We should walk through those doors and say, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear what you got to say to me. Lord, I'm ready to change. Lord, I'm ready to go to the next level. Lord, whatever you need to do to get me to the next level, do it, Lord. Deal with those areas in my life that I know I need to lay down. I got some issues. How many of you would say I got some issues? How many know God is going to put his finger on your issues? But sometimes we don't like that, do we? Not really. Well, who do you think? Y'all, don't be don't be getting in my business. What well, do you want to be a disciple or do you just want to be a Christian? Because you want to be a Christian. See, there's a there's a kind of a, a stigma to go with that, because, you know, after all, 90 percent of Americans are Christians. You did see the poll, didn't you? <laughs> Why don't you see the fruits of that? Jesus said a tree is known by its what? Well, y'all are some scholars, y'all are deep. The tree is known by fruit, So we should be seeing some of that. Why, isn't we, why aren't we seeing that? At the very least, we don't have nobody serious about the issue of discipleship. Paul said this. You remember Apostle Paul, he said this, and he was a very, very powerful teacher. Paul said, you have many teachers, but you don't have." too many fathers. Paul often, when he was writing to, writing the epistle of John, he says, to my children in the faith. He said, Timothy is my what? Son. All the, I mean, Paul was constantly talking about the relationship between a father and a son. Because if you need, if you want to get to the next level of where God wants to take you, how many you know You need a father. They're talking about a fathering spirit. You know, a pastor is much like a fathering spirit. Stay with me now. Much like that, because you see, the Bible says that that, there don't be too many teachers because you're going to incur a stricter judgment. The Bible talks about, you know, Paul understood this analogy very, very well. And so the folks that he was talking to, I mean, you know, Paul would walk in there every now and then. And he would talk to the Corinthian church when there was a lot of immorality going on. He said, wait a minute, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul said, look, there's a, some of your, your immorality, sexual immorality going on in here. Let me say something that needs to stop. I'm not there, but I'm judging it as if I'm there. You need to clean this up. See, one of the things God showed me a long time ago is that how many know that, that being a pastor is fun? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. It's a calling. I'll leave it at that. But, you know, I don't pastor everybody to come to this church. I don't pastor everybody to come to this church. The folks that I pastor, they come to me. They want advice. They want me to step on their toes every now and again. But people that just attend, be nice. Bless me. But don't step, don't say anything to get into my space. That I say you're not ready to be a disciple yet. Because when you get serious about God, God is gonna walk and God is gonna send the man. I mean, if you're waiting for Jesus to show up at the foot of your bed, it probably ain't gonna happen. I know some of you see visions, but they call miracles miracles for a reason. They don't happen like every day, you know, usually God is going to send somebody that's going to go ding dong to ring your bell. In order to take you to the next level. Oh, pastor, I want to be that strong believer. I want to experience the peace of God, the joy of God. I want to know what it is to be uh, full and overflowing with blessing. I want to be rich in in my spirit and in my personality. And God said, okay, cool. Then I need you to do this. Get rid of this. Get rid of that. I need you to be willing to change. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't, listen, I came to church for you to inspire me to bless me. I did not come for all this discipleship stuff. I don't need to be coming to church on a Wednesday during the week because I got other things to do. You know, I do got, I have to work. I have to take care of things. You know, I can't, you know, I don't want to hear about all the discipleships. I'm not about that. You die, but I won't put in a plug for your discipleship class coming up. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, don't talk to me about discipleship because I'm not ready. You know what we're really saying? I ain't trying to go that deep. I just I just want to come to. I just want to do the obligatory thing. I want to just I want to do the bare minimum. As long as I got a little fire insurance, I'm all good. What a sad way to live your Christian life. You know, the best life is a life when you're totally surrendered to God. James brings this thing up. James talks about this thing. He says. You got to be willing to lay aside some things. You got to be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to give up this. I'm willing to give up that. I'm willing to give up this. Now, we're not just talking about things because see, that's too easy. Because some of you are saying, oh, I can give up things for God. That's no big deal. What about that personality? Well, you don't understand, you know, the Lord made me this way. I am who I am. I've heard people get nasty and down dirty and say, that's the way God made me. Sorry? No, you're supposed to be dead. The Bible said the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, happiness, gentleness. See, when you're being, the Bible said don't be filled, uh, uh, don't be filled with the world. It doesn't say that, I'm paraphrasing, but be filled with the spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, the scripture says, but be filled with the spirit. In other words, be intoxicated with the spirit of God. Let the spirit of God live his life through you in order that you might be changed. Change is such an ugly word because it means that God is going to take me to some places that's going to be uncomfortable. But, you know, if you want to get serious and be a disciple, that's normal. If you, listen, if you don't have somebody or the Holy Spirit or God uses word or you somebody who is following the word because you're not under obligation to follow, obey anything that don't come out of here. You hear me? Don't be a fool. We're not talking about that. We're talking about godliness, following his word. There's no way. Listen, why would you ever want to get connected with people? Or be in an atmosphere where nobody ever stepped on your toes. I had one person tell me one time, they said to me, you were talking about me. And, and you know, as if I sit down and I said, okay, I'm going to get Brother Timothy today. Okay, okay, so how can I put Timothy at the center of this thing so I can crash in on him? I'm like, okay, you're pretty important, but not really, not all that. You know, you know, people like, well, you know, if the Holy Spirit step on your toes, if you know you got an issue, a disciple says, you know what? That's me. You, you got me. I got a problem with that. But we want to what do we want to do? The first thing when the Holy Spirit comes, you want to get defensive. Oh, oh. It's, oh, bang, 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 bang. You're getting too close. Getting too close. Well, how is that part of you ever going to change unless the Holy Spirit get close? He says, draw near to me and I will then draw near to you. So if you draw near to Jesus, understand you can't draw near without him getting in your stuff and his people getting in your stuff. I'm going deep on her. Stay with her. Now watch. He says, now receive the implanted word. See, There's a difference. You see, you can read this Bible. You can come in here holy, sanctified. Walk in here with this Bible and say, I got my Bible. Hallelujah. You can even open it up and you can read it. And you can say, brother, sister, did you do a devotion this morning? I did my devotions. I spent time in the presence of the Lord. And me and my wife used to have this little thing that used to happen every now and then. You know, you know, you know me and my wife have every now and then we have a little uh, we have spirited discussions. You can read between the lines. And um, and, you know, you know, we would always make sure to do our devotion and every now and then she would I, or she or I would come out and and, and and they would be like in a bad, you know, it would be like a bad mood or something like that or something happened. And my wife would say, you know, she would. And I would say, I really I don't want to blame my wife because sometimes it was me. But uh, sometimes, you know, after finish after spending time with the Lord, you know, I've been in his presence. We come out, we still mad. And then, you know, my wife or I, either one would look at it, just like, who, who did you just spend time with? Who did you just spend? And then uh, I just, well, you need to go back because you did not spend time with the Lord with that attitude. (laughs) I thought you just finished doing your devotion. What are you doing? You come out, you come out of the presence of God. You still mad? Go back. (laughs) That was somebody else you were talking to. James put it this way. He says, watch this. I want you to stay with me. I know everybody got distracted there for a moment. The little kid was energetic, but I want you to come back. Now watch. He says, see, he said, receive the implanted word. Receive the word is different than just reading the word. Or say I, you can even know theology and know Bible. I am never impressed with people that know a lot. I'm more impressed with people that live a lot. So you can hear the word. You can you can even be in the house of God every week, every time the doors come open. But until you make a commitment to say, I'm going to obey what the Bible says, you are not being a disciple yet. So when he says receive the implanted word, he's saying, obey it. Obey what you that is, the foundational principle of discipleship. It is. I hear the word. I hear what God said. I don't question what God says. I said, Is that what the word says. Can you show it to me in the word? Cool. I'm following that. How many are you with me? So he says now, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Hey, be doers of the word and not hearers only. When you read the Bible, what are you, what are you seeking? Because I know you read the Bible, but what are you trying to do? I hope it is saying, Lord, will you please show me where I need to change? Because God is after conforming us to his image. Are you with me? See, hearers sometimes hearers go through the motions. They go through the motions. They say they just go. They do it. They do it. They do the things. But 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 they're not really serious about discipleship because they're not really obeying what the scripture says. So, the Bible says an interesting thing. He says here in verse number 25 that, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it means obey it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a what? Doer of the work this one will be blessed. How many you know God does not bless disobedience? I'm going to get deep this morning. Hallelujah. God said to Abraham, I want you to go out and I'm going to show you a place and I'm going to bless you. Abraham's blessing was conditional upon his obedience to what God said. You cannot disobey God on this one end and then think that you're going to be blessed. I mean, that's the Bible. He says you're deceiving yourself. He said, but the one that says, wait a minute, I'm going to do what he says. I may not even like it. It may even hurt me. It may be even hard for me to do that. But I'm going to do it because he said that the one that does the word is the one that's going to be blessed. And I asked the question, how many of you want to be blessed? Everybody, unequ- you, without a shot of a doubt, I want to be blessed. <laughs> then do what the master says. Well, Forget about the excuse. Well, forget about, well, you know, I'm still trying to grow. I'm still trying to get there. The Lord understands. <laughs> so I'm going to go off for a minute because I know God is going to forgive me. And you hear the Holy Spirit telling you right before you get ready to go off. Because if you save, he always tells you, he give you one. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, 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 don't. don't. Hold, 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 Wait a minute. And God, wait, hey, you're thinking. The Holy Spirit said, don't. Don't. <laughs> And then you're like, sorry, Lord. Sorry. But he already told you don't do it in the first place. See, that's called being controlled by the Spirit. See? Being controlled by the Spirit. You let God have his way. Even though it's not something that you really feel like doing. How I many of you always feel like obeying God? So sometimes it's really hard. But, you know, the road is hard. Being a Christian, getting saved is easy. Jesus did that. But being a disciple, brother, that takes some work. That takes you willing to give up some stuff, let go of a lot of stuff. You're thinking to yourself, God, why you keep. I mean, I remember, man, the closest I was going through this period in my life where I really thought about. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought about I can't live. I need to go back to the world. This is many years ago. And I first got saved. You know why? because I found myself getting close to God. And the closer I got to God, the more I realized that you're just a messed up brother. I saw the kind of person, you know, cause some of us, we don't really know what we are. We got this perception of ourselves, <laughs> you know. And that's why God always uses other people to tell you about yourself. Like your wife, your spouse, my wife always come and tell me, I say, I think I'm on one place, you know, no, 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 no. Now this is where you realize, I don't see that. Well, you know, you need to let the Holy Spirit open your eyes. Then we go into prayer. You got to, Lord, open their eyes. But there was a point I used to get frustrated because the closer I got to God, I realized I got a bad attitude. I think bad thoughts. I'd be driving down the road, run over him. Where would that come from? Like, you schizo, what's up with you? Why are you doing you know, you've been thinking evil thoughts. You know, you're like, what, what, what's, what, "What's wrong with it? And you realize, and I should feel so bad. I said, "God, I can't live the Christian life. I can I've been trying. I've been trying, but I'm just..." And you know what God was saying? God was saying, "I just need to let you see who you are, so that you can always depend on me, and so that you would never think higher than yourself than what you ought to think." Because you know, we get a little Bible knowledge, and God start blessing us, we think we're on another level. God bless me, brother. Uh, you over there, but I'm way up here. God got his anointing. Uh, anointing <laughs> all over me. But you, he's kept it away. <laughs> he's anointed me. But you, you gotta get to where I'm going. I was there at one time. We think that, don't we? If we're really honest. Amen. That's why we look at some people like, oh my God, oh, you did what? As if. You would never, ever do something like that. How I many you say, I'll never do that? You would, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you don't know what you would do. That's why you can look at everybody else with a little humility. A little humility means, you know what, I ain't all that. What I got, God blessed me. I don't know why he blessed me. I have no clue. I know I don't deserve it. You know I don't deserve it. Everybody knows I don't deserve it. What am I supposed to do with it? He blessed me. All right, I am what I am. Paul says, listen, I'm the chief among sinners. Paul felt you pause, but he's, but God just decided to call me into the ministry. He blessed me. I don't know why He blessed me like this, but I just got to receive the blessing. He just decided to bless me. Look at Ezekiel thirty-three. I sent you a late email. You didn't get that. Okay. Did you get that new? Oh Lord! Now don't now y'all still on the boat? Nobody jump off just yet, right? Just stay on it. I mean, it's really going to be a fun ride. It's going to land real easy. <laughs> But well, see, as a disciple, you should be saying, Thank you, Lord. I need this. You know, your mother ever gave you, what's that, that, that bad cost You should be called Kirikon or Casper. You know, they give you the na- <laughs> <laughs> nasty stuff. But boy, it, when you let that stuff get down into you, boy, that stuff worked, didn't it? But boy, when you first got it, <laughs> I can see some of y'all now. <laughs> But if you take heed to it and you keep it inside, well, you're going to leave. You're going to be changed. You're going to be like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I needed that. Give me a little bit more, Pastor. No, 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 no. Okay. Now, watch this. Watch this. He says in Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 30 through 33. Watch this. He says, now, son of man, <laughs> your people. Now, now, it's, I have the New Living Translation because I think if you want to look at it up here, you can. Or you can read your Bible, however you want to do it. It's, it's fine. But he says, son of man, your people are whispering behind your back. Now, understand that Ezekiel was a prophet of God. And when Ezekiel showed up, a lot of times the brother ain't had nothing good to say. The brother was always talking judgment and need to get the house in order. How you know God sent prophets every now and then to speak to getting the house in order? So Ezekiel was one of them. when Ezekiel showed up, nobody liked to hear from him. They thought, oh, well, here he come. This brother prophesied and he's laying on, I mean, he prophesied for days and he would, he would act out his prophecy. He would lay down on the ground for a number of days and show how the people of Israel are all messed up. They're going to be messed up for this many days. I mean, this guy was deep. So God is giving Ezekiel a little insight. He said, Ezekiel, here's, what's up? Let me tell you something, Ezekiel. Because, you know, God's always talking if we're listening. He says, Ezekiel, I'm going to tell you about these people you're about to talk to. I need to give you a heads up, all right? That's what God is saying. He says, so let's listen to what God's going to tell Ezekiel. Watch it. You know, son of man, your people are whispering behind your back. How many know if you're a good preacher, every now and then they talk about you? I know some of y'all talk about me behind my back. It's all right. It comes with the territory. I take a hit. (laughs) It's all part of the game. They've been doing it way. Listen, they were doing it way back here. I know Jesus said that they talk about me. They're going to talk about you. understand. So, So he said, now, son of man, your people are whispering behind your back. They talk about you in their houses. And watch this. And whisper about you at the doors. Here's what they say. Come on. Let's have some fun. Let's go hear the prophet tell us what the Lord is saying. All right. So they come, watch this, pretending to be sincere and sit before you listening, but they have no intention of doing what I tell them. They express love with their mouth, but their heart seeks only after money. You are very entertaining to them, like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't do it. But when all these terrible things happen to them, as they certainly will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Now, brother, that's deep. That'll almost preach by itself. I know some of y'all are saying, Pastor, don't talk about this. Please go to the next thing. Let me just touch on just a little bit, okay? Now, he says they pretend to listen. What is your disposition when you come into the house of God? What is your first disposition? Are you just trying to hurry up and get in so you can get home and get your chicken? Or get your ribs? Or is your attitude when you come to the house of God, Lord, I want to sit in your presence because I want you to talk to me. Lord, I want you to inspire me. I want you to encourage me. But Lord, if I got some problems, God, I need you to deal with that because I want to change. You see, the essence of somebody that's right, they want to get that's serious about God, is they really want to change. They don't want to stay where they are. They need somebody to help pull them from the place that they are, to help lift them up to where God wants them to be. So he says, these folks, he says, he Ezekiel, here's the problem. They pretend like they're listening to you, but in actuality, they ain't going to do not one thing that you say. <sighs> Sad thing, isn't it? People come into the house and... It could be reading the Bible, but, you know, how many know that sometimes we have selective reading when we read the Bible? We find the scriptures that we like. The one that say, I'm going to bless you. <laughs> the one that says, you know, you know God's going to give us this and that, and, oh, Lord, he's going to heal us. And we, we find those good scriptures, the Lord will, will be your rear God. He will cover you. He's going to fight for you. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, you know, and might my. God shall supply all of my need. But we quote those scriptures. But what about the one that says, Deny yourself. We don't want nothing to do with that. That's for crazy people like pastors and people that are serious about church. But the rest of no, that's crazy. That's your job, pastor. You deny yourself, but I ain't deny myself. So we have selective reading. So we read the Bible as if we really hold it, like we're really going to, to follow But do you have, when you come, do you say, Lord, whatever you say to me, Lord, I have every full intention on obeying what you're saying? You know, you ever hear people say they go into church? They say, and this is the common thing I hear people say all the time why you leave that church, brother? I didn't get anything out of it. (laughs) I never had much of that problem because, you know, I get a lot out of it. I go about any place and get a lot out of it. Because that's my disposition. As long as I got this, I got plenty to get. Amen. All the church is going to do is come along and affirm what God is speaking to me through his word. Amen. Amen. So it ain't, it ain't the issue is I ain't getting nothing out of it. The issue is you didn't want to hear what the preacher was preaching. Perhaps that's not what I want to hear. That's why we need to come to church with an open mind. Amen. Get out of your mind. You know, the pastor going to just because some days you come in here like today, we're going to step on your toes a little bit to bless you. Because God loves you. How I many you know sometimes in order to help people, you got to tell them the truth? Well, Jesus said the truth will make you free. Not good words. Are y'all with me? And you all get a lot of good words. I mean, I preach good words here. Yeah. Don't I? Please help me. Don't, I, most of the time. All right? But every now and then, you got you to you pull them over. You got to say, wait, wait, wait. Okay, here's the problem. We need to deal with this issue. So he says, they have no intention on obeying. He says, they give me lip service. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lift up your hands. Pray, oh, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You want to know, a person who says they love the Lord, don't just listen to what they say. Because a person that really loves the Lord, they really try hard to obey what he says. There's there's something that characterizes their life that has to do with obedience. There's an obedient spirit that is on them. And you know it right off the bat. Because they understand. They love the Lord and they're going to obey. And and a lot of people say, oh, I love the Lord. I mean, how easy is that to say today? Well, brother, sister, so-and-so, I know that brother. They love the Lord. I'm just saying, okay, then if you love the Lord, then we're going to see you walking with the Lord. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. If you ain't keeping my commandments, you might like the Lord. You might enjoy some of the Lord. But you can't say you love the Lord until you come to a place where you say, Lord, I'm willing to obey whatever you say. Now, we struggle. Am I right about it? We all struggle. All right. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a disposition that says you know what you're supposed to do, but you choose not to do it. And then you say on the backside, I love the Lord. Not really. Not yet. You know, your wife always, my wife always says, you love me, you got to show me. Show me you love me. Don't just tell me how much you love me, because that don't pay the rent. That don't put food on the table. (laughs) The emotional stuff is good. You know, people, you know, we're going to divorce because we have irreconcilable differences. What's that? Love is much deeper, and that's about Commitment. It's about sacrifice. It's about dying to yourself. And the best person God used to help you in your walk with God is your spouse. Even if their spouse ain't holy like you, God will still use your spouse to put you in check. Listen to him. It's like a mirror. Oh, I'm like that. Well, you really? Yeah, you really are. that. But you ain't walking with the Lord like I am matter because I mean no God if God used a donkey to talk to the prophet was it Balaam (laughs) you know God can God can use anybody come on somebody y'all still enjoying this okay so I just you know I just said I didn't even wait for an answer I just went because I didn't (laughs) (laughs) so he says they sound good. He says they, they, they sound good. You know, and and I, one of the things that, um, that really disturbs me and that kept me actually from coming to the Lord much sooner was because I saw that in the church that I grew up in, it was all about show. Because the people would talk holy, shout, scream. You know, in African-American churches, you know, we know how to, we know how to tear the roof up all this. I mean, we can get, men. we can tear some stuff up. I mean, I went to one church one time. Me and my wife first came to D.C. I don't want to name a church. We walked in there, and this brother, they started playing music, and everything was good. And this brother sit beside me. He was just jumped up. Bam, 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 bam. He started hitting his feet. And then the brother jumped up. Bah, 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 bah. Ah! And I'm sitting like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to get up out of here. I mean, out of nowhere. I mean, we can tear up some stuff. And I used to see much shouting, much love, Lord, I love. But then they would go home, they would drink, cuss, smoke, be shacking up. Come on. We don't like it. today shacking up. You know, you can be with somebody today and not be married to them, and that's considered normal in society. And so we, we, so if we, we even speak, we, don't you talk about, ain't nothing wrong with that. We love each other. And after all, it's all about love. Love make the world go around. Whatever, as long as you love, God is okay with it. Love rejoices in truth. Real love, do it the way God says do it. Hmm. So, now, last verse, let's look at this. Look at Luke six forty-six through 49. Now, now we're going to take you just a little bit deeper, and then we're going to pull you right back up because we don't want to leave you down there. How many of you got your life jackets? Go ahead, strap that thing on right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sad I had to say this. My brother, who I was speaking to yesterday, who's a pastor in Texas, and he and I was talking about this issue of uh, sacrifice and surrender to Jesus. You know what he said to me? He said, well, you know, brother, if you start preaching like this, the, 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 the few the folks you got, they're going to leave. That's what he told me. He said, he said I hate to say it, but he said, they don't want to hear that kind of preaching, man. I mean, you'll run them out your church quick. And I said, what a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, my first thing, I, I i don't know what it. Maybe I'm just a freak of nature. I like to think I'm kind of like, you know, really special like that. <laughs> but, you know, you got to think highly, you know, you got to think like, you know, you got to kind of like think you are nice. You got to feel good about yourself, you know. Peculiar. Yeah, peculiar. You call it that. <laughs> but that's just amazing to me that he would say that and that the church, the people of God think, they would be offended by denying yourself. And that's like a basic Christian principle. But what he says here in Luke chapter six, verse four to six, this is our last verse. We're going to read and then we're going to close and we got to do communion. Look at Luke, Luke, Luke chapter six. Are you there? Luke chapter six, verse forty-six. to six. He says, now watch this. Why do you call me Lord? But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hear my saying and does and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and that could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who has who heard and did. Nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat vehemently against uh, vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house is great. Mm-hmm. You know what Jesus is saying? He says, Jesus, Jesus asked a question. I think we all need to ask ourselves this question. Jesus said, it's like he's saying, like, are you crazy? He says, Lord, he says, why do you call me Lord? And you don't do the things that I say. He said, why do you call me Lord? I mean, everybody look this way. Everything's everything cool. Stay with me. Kids are safe. We prayed over that. They're good, They're good to go. They're just active. That's the way kids are. It's part of the game. Just, just deal with it. Stay focused. Everybody say focus. All right, because this is good. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord? and you don't do what I tell you to do. Okay. In other words, he's saying, don't call me your Lord if you don't obey what I say. Because lordship is equal to discipleship. Yeah. And Jesus says, you know, because, Jesus, I think of Lord how many how many sports people, and it bugs me sometimes, all, all the sports people, I like to think of Lord Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior. All the singers who are out there you know, they're, they're all perverted on the stage. Have new dress, drink. Don't I? I want to think, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ. My Lord, I'm like, please. If he is Lord, then you do what he say. And he say, don't do that. <laughs> so why are you calling him Lord? See, you see, see, you see how we gotten twisted up in our, in our way of thinking? We just say things and we don't really think about what we're saying. Jesus says, if you call me Lord, then you ought to be doing what I ask you to do. Yeah. Or you at least need to be making some huge strides toward that. Yeah. And so we got to get away from this, this concept somehow that, that he can be Lord without me having any accountability to him whatsoever. Or, let's take it a step further, or to his people. How yeah. I mean, you know God put you around people for a reason? You say them people get on my nerves. <laughs> Have you ever said that? They just wear me out. They just ah, oh. you know. And, and God uses that in order to train you, so that you will learn patience, love, perseverance. You're never going to learn those things unless you deal with some difficult people. So I learned to welcome difficult people, because you know what? It helps me. Become what God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, He is conforming me to His image. Mm -hmm. How many know Jesus dealt with a lot of difficult people? Mm -hmm. And they were trying to kill him every day. Mm -hmm. And they thought they hung him on the cross. They thought they killed him, but they didn't really. I mean, he says, no man, no man take my life, I lay it down. But they thought they were killing him, not really. And so we got some serious questions to ask ourselves this morning. Do you just want to be inspired? Or do you want to change? Are you comfortable with just saying, I don't want this discipleship stuff and I don't want to go deep? Or are you willing to take the next step toward your walk with God and say, you know what, Lord? I've been putting this off too long. I need to deal with this. I need to grow. How many know that growth comes from surrender? That's what growth comes from. And if somebody ring your bell bell, don't get mad at them. That's God saying, look, I'm trying to get you right. Don't get mad at people. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You saw that. I got a bad at. Thank you for telling me. I know I'm wrong. Thank you so much. Lord, every eye is closed. Every head is bowed.